you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. His first time to preach in this pulpit, in this building. We are honored. Brother Greg Godwin has been on the field as a full-time evangelist for over 30 years. He has preached camp meetings, conferences, and preached all over the world. He has seen miracles, signs, and wonders, and literally tens of thousands of people have come to the Lord and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost under his ministry. We are honored this morning to have him all the way from New Orleans, Louisiana. Would you put your hands together and welcome Evangelist Greg Godwin. We love you, sir. This platform is yours. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus another big hand of praise. Come on, put, put some feeling in it. If you believe God's about to deliver, clap your hands in advance for what God's going to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn around and high-five somebody and tell them good to see them. Amen. Good to see you this morning in the house of the Lord. Amen. We thank God for the opportunity to be with you. Amen. In this church, we appreciate the opportunity to get to come. Amen. And uh, we're excited about what the Lord's going to do. Turn around and greet somebody else next to you and say, if you're quiet, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> amen. Tell somebody an amen. I'll make this preacher happy. Amen. Thank the Lord. It's great to be here. We give honor to your pastor and his wife, their sons, amen, and one of them's married, amen. Appreciate his wife and family. We had a good time at dinner last night, and uh, amen, we have just packed around that table and took over the back end of the restaurant, and it was wonderful, amen. If you got your Bible, let's turn to Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. Mark chapter 2 and verse 1, we'll read 12 verses, amen. Won't be long, we're here to preach, amen, to the needs of the people. If you're here and you do not have the Holy Ghost, you can have it. Amen, the Holy Ghost is Christ in you, and that gives you the hope of glory. Amen, I said that gives you the hope of glory. We're living in a crazy, crazy world, amen, and the end is on us. Amen. I know that's hard to imagine, but just think about the sound of one trumpet. One step is Halle here, and the next step is Louie over there. It's going to happen that quick. Amen. And this world is going, as we say down in Louisiana, it's cray-cray in the couillon. It's crazy in the head. Amen. 
And uh, it's a, so we are thankful for the opportunity to be in church. Pastor keeps telling me there's a bunch of people sick. I said, Lord, you're going to have to put two or three more rows of chairs in here. Amen. Thank God. Come on. Give yourself a hand. Amen. And that flu bug is going around the country. Every church I've been in the last two or three months. My God, but I don't know what's happening. Everybody's sick. Amen. Well, you can't do nothing but just pray in Jesus' name. Those that can come, come. We're going to have church anyhow. Amen. So we're praying for those that aren't here. And uh, we're believing the Lord to touch. Amen. Mark 2 and 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noise that he was in the house. Straight main many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. They came unto him, bringing one sick of palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up and let down the bed wherein the sick of palsy lay, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there, reasoning in their hearts. Why did this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it's easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed and walk. I see him give one of those holy pauses and he just looks at them. And then he says, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power or authority on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Amen. Turn around to somebody and tell them you can get up now. Amen. Tell somebody else the word of the Lord is you can get up now. Amen. If you believe somebody can get up, would you give God a high praise? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord bless you. You may be seated for the first time today. Hallelujah. Boy, when revival hits the church, we just don't got no set down in us. Keep on praising the Lord. It's fantastic. The statistics of our day are staggering in the revelation of the plight of the human family. 35,616 people are infected with a sexually transmitted disease every day. 35,616 people are infected with a sexually transmitted disease every day. Every 11 seconds, it comes out to someone is infected with the AIDS virus. Every 11 seconds. One out of every two people are that attempt suicide, there are 60% of them that succeed. 
every 90 seconds, one attempts suicide. We could go on and on with the statistics and just bring a heaviness on the church, and we don't want to do that. But we do want you to understand that this world is in trouble. Our cities, our states, and nation, and our world is shaken by murder and theft, opioid addic- addictions. Now this new pandemic that's taking our world by sudden storm. And I would admonish you just as a two-cent input here, make sure you got hand cleaner and keep your hands clean. Thank you all 17 of you, but I'm right anyhow. <laughs> Amen. Tell somebody next to you, say, I love you, but I'm not going to shake hands with you. And if you do, just don't put your hands in your face. You feel like talking to your kids anymore. Don't put your hands in your face. Stop. Quit. You put your up your nose, in your ears, in your eyes, and you just, that's how you get sick. You just don't put your, tell somebody, don't put your hands in your face. Amen. But we've got an epidemic going on around us, and last night there was another shooting where multiple people were killed. Amen. And the list just goes on and on. There are many things that our world and people need to know and understand about God. They need to know that He is omniscient and omnipresent. They need to know that He's glorious and gracious and grand. They need to know that God is merciful, that He's mighty, and that He's the Most High God. They need to know that He's just and eternal and He's righteous. They need to know that He's a great God, that He's compassionate and He's upright. He is unsearchable, He is invisible, and He is upright. The Bible declares He is holy, holy, holy. He is the most high God and He is an immutable God. He is light and true and perfect. He is the incorruptible one. He is holy. He is the wise God and He is the immortal God. He is light and true and perfect. He is a consuming fire. There is none like Him. He fills heaven and earth and the Bible declares He should be worshipped in spirit and in truth. And I should have got a few more amens than that, so I'm going to go back and read all that again. He is an omniscient God. He is an omnipresent God. He is a glorious God. He is a gracious God. Touch somebody next to you and tell them, and he is a grand God. He is merciful and mighty, and he's a most high God. He is just and eternal and righteous. He is a a great, compassionate, and upright. He is unsearchable. He is invisible, and he's upright. He is holy, holy, holy. He is a most high God, and he is an immutable God. You may be seated. The Bible goes on to tell us that he's the father of lights. He's a God of heaven. He's the Lord of hosts, and he is the holy one. He's the Holy One of Israel. He is the I am that I am. He is Jehovah and King of kings and Lord of lords. He's the living God. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the mighty God. He is the Father. He is the Son. And He is the Holy Ghost. But you can't just, you can just call Him Jesus. Why? Because that's a name that's above every name. You can be seated. Now I know I'm preaching I'm preaching stuff you know and you've heard and you want some nifty stuff. I'm not going to give you no nifty stuff because this is just typical Pentecostal. Which is just good news. I'm kind of feeling a little eh. 
Tell somebody it's good news. Amen, amen. I think it's time for a revival to hit this church. I'm talking about, that's about 20%. I'm talking about a revival. I'm talking about the revival that God brought your pastor into this city for. I'm talking about this 17th year, amen, could be the year that God is going to shake this place, shake this community, shake this county. Amen. Tell somebody if he is, he's going to have to shake me. Tell somebody if he's going to shake this county, he's going to have to shake me. If he's going to stir the people that aren't in church today, he's going to have to stir us. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody he's going to have to stir us. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. But the most powerful thing and the thing that they must all know about God is that he is an all-powerful God. He is not weak. He's not anemic. He's not, uh, nor is he an incompetent force. The Bible declares he's powerful. He's life-changing. Able to affect circumstances and situations. He is a revolutionary God. Somebody say he's a revolutionary God. I've seen the drug addicts come in. And the power of God began to go through the service. I mean, just in the first song. You know, we have to take two or three songs before we get juiced up. But I've seen drug addicts walk into church. And I mean, in the first song, they don't get through the chorus one time. And there's one comes to the altar. And then there's two or three more. And four or five more. Amen. And they're getting deliverance. That was it in Modesto at Brother Johnson's and uh, here just this last year. And uh, they began to worship. I hadn't been there in a couple of years. and got back. Wondering how everything had changed, how good they were doing. They started singing, and just boom, in the first song, there was eight brand new visitors that came from the back of the church, came down the steps, all the way down the altar. They didn't care that they had just sung the song one time. They didn't care that it was Sunday morning. They didn't care about the guest speaker. They just knew they felt something. Hey, man, I want to know. Hey, man, I want you to know what you're feeling in here is the power of God. It's the power that moved on the universe. It's the power that moved in nothing and caused nothing to become what we see. Who did that? It's God. And he's here to touch you tonight. If you believe that, would you lift your hands and praise him? Hallelujah. Lord bless you. The church then is being described by the world as a weak and competent group who have irrelevant philosophies and ideas. They believe we should be patted on the head like little children and sent to our rooms like good boys and girls and we should stay in our churches and just don't make too much noise and everything will be okay. But today we must send a signal to our world that our God is not dead, but he's alive. Come on, tell somebody God's not dead, but he is alive. This means that our God is a mover and a shaker. He can change the unchangeable, reverse the unreversible. Is there anybody that believes God can do that? It no matter how bad your situation is, we serve a God that one touch and he can totally reverse your circumstance from bad to good, from going down to going up, from dark to light, just one touch. Amen, he can change the unchangeable. I said he can change the unchangeable. He can reverse the unreversible. I've seen people, I've seen him do it. Seen him come in. 
was preaching and uh, uh, preaching and was kind of digging on the church because I like everybody responding. I mean, as far as I can find, I find the Bible. Everybody's supposed to say amen. But anyway, I don't mess with it too much. But I was over on this side of the church preaching to uh, a group in Modesto. They was over here and they were just kind of sitting. And they still sitting. I've been preaching there 20-something years and they still sit. About, about 25 of them are great people. They're always there every night of revival. But they just sit there. I mean, you have 150, 200 people get the Holy Ghost in two weeks, and they'll still sit there. Give the Lord a, how you doing? Praise the Lord. Look at somebody say, God's worth more than that. Amen. So I was picking on him a little bit in the middle of the sermon and funning with him. One of the men jumped up, ran up, gave me a high five, almost passed out. I said, my God, Elder. Amen. And when I did, I hit a couple more points. And right here in the middle of the crowd, the pews are about from here to there long. I mean, they got massive pews. And this lady gets up and starts moving. It's a guest. And I'm, oh, my God, in my mind, I'm thinking she's leaving. And, and she gets to the end of the aisle. Instead of going out the back, she comes to the front and starts running. And then she stops right there at the front pew and, and just kind of looks at me. And I turned around. I saw her movement. I said, that's all right. Come on. She broke and run for the altar. Altar's about this high. She run right straight into the altar, just doubled over, screaming, help me, God, help me. Help me was clawing at the altar. She had a t-shirt on, food stains all over it, blue jeans with holes in them before you paid $75 a pair, fellas. You cray-cray in the couillon. <laughs> Pay $75 for a dumb pair of jeans with holes all in them. What in the name of peanut butter and jelly is going on? Man, I go through the airport and I see some folks and I'm thinking, in Jesus' name. This ain't got nothing to do with holiness. This has to do with making good sense with your money. Man, if I'd have known that, I'd have kept all my blue jeans when I was getting it sliding in the first base, rip a hole in. I'd have, I'd have made tons of money. Yeah. Hey, man, she come running up there, had holes in her jeans, had on uh, some old flip-flops, some old shower log flip-flops. She was screaming and clawing at the altar, and people, a couple of people come prayed with her, and I kept preaching a little bit, and then she raised up and started pulling on her pants and started throwing stuff, and little bags started flopping out all over the altar. People started coming to the altar, and I ran over and picked one up, and they were all full of little crack pills, amen, full of crack, eight or ten little bags of it. Just threw it out all on the platform. She went back to clawing at the carpet. I'm tears just pouring, amen, and in just a minute, she lifted her hands. We laid hands on her, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost. What are you saying? There was something in her said, I can't sit here any longer. I can't wait any longer. I got a problem that's killing me, and I need Jesus. I've come to tell somebody, hey, man, I've been feeling it all day yesterday, and this morning when I got up, I still feel it. There's a miracle power in here. No matter what you're struggling with, God can raise you up today. Come on, tell somebody around you, you can get up now. Tell somebody else around you, you can get up now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. We know when we come together through the power of the Spirit, the Word of God tells us one can put a thousand to flight. Two can put ten thousand. In this church, there's nothing that can hold you or me down because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So we must remember and understand that the questions the world is asking can be answered in and by the church. How to mend a broken marriage can be answered in the church. How to start over when everything has failed can be answered in the church. 
that the real psychologist's couch is the Word of God. Come on, somebody. We can lay our head on the Word of God, and He can heal the crisis in your mind. He can heal you so good that the effects can and will be felt in your finances, in your family, and in your future. Notice the beginning of Jesus' ministry began not quietly, calmly, and coolly. But the Bible declares that the magistrates took notice of him. It's time for the church to go into the enemy's camp and take back what the enemy has taken from you. I said it's time for the church to go into the enemy's camp and take back. Come on, touch somebody and say, I'm going to take it back. That means I'm going to lay hands on it. I'm going to demand ownership. I'm going to take, why? Because we're the noisemakers, the movers, and the shakers. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed going in and coming out. Come on, the church has the answer to domestic violence. The church has the power of the gospel on its side through the power of God unto salvation. The gospel can pull the rage. I said the gospel can pull the rage out of a frustrated man and bring him into peace with his family and friends and community. There is a move of God that cannot be contained. You may criticize it, but you can't contain it. Amen. You may try to frustrate it, but you will not hinder it because God is behind this church. God can get behind a pebble and use it to kill a giant. God can get behind the swing of a donkey's jawbone and use it to slay a horde of their enemies. What are you saying? With God, all things are possible. I'm going to say it to this church. Hey, Amen. There's a 300-soul revival on this church. I said there's a 300-soul revival on this church in the next few months if you can believe that nothing is impossible. With your God. Now I'm trying to be calm. But I'm telling you it's been over 20 years since I've said something like that. That I just said in this pulpit. There's none of that in my notes. The Holy Ghost is on me. And I'm telling this church. Amen. It doesn't matter what kind of church you've had in the past. It doesn't matter what kind of church Indiana has. God's got his hand on this church. I've knew about your pastor for years. And what God's been preparing you for is about to break in on you. I'm talking about financial miracles that are going to blow your mind. Come on, you can be seated. That's about half of us. Touch somebody and say if there's a financial miracle, he's going to have to use somebody in here. Yes, one, two, three. Did you hear what I said? If God's going to provide a financial miracle, he's going to do it through somebody in here. You still didn't get it. If there's going to be a financial miracle, he's going to use somebody in here. That means somebody ought to be praising him in advance. God, I want it to be me. God, I want it to be me. I want to be blessed. I got two over here really believing. I got two dancing that really believe it. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
You can be seated, Brother David Smith was just in a church, amen, in Indiana, down Terre Haute. Second night he was there. He turned around to the pastor and told him, he said, now you need to be careful, or you need to be calm now. He said, but I'm going to take the mic. And he walked up and took the mic, stopped the music from singing and told him. He said, the Lord has told me there's a financial need in this church. He didn't know they were breaking on paying off their debt so they could begin to build the building they're building now out in front. They, he didn't know that. He told him, he said, God told me there's a financial miracle in here. He said, I've told pastor, just sit down, don't get nervous. And that's just a joke between us preachers. And he said, but God's about to provide you a financial miracle. And before the service was done, they took up over $100,000 Cash. Come on, touch somebody and said, that man said cash. That was right then money. No, but he, brother, brother, brother Harpo liked the fame. He couldn't believe it when they got done counting the money. He said, my God. He said, I didn't know that, many, that people brought that kind of money to church. Look at somebody say, don't blow your cover. Man, you got more money than you think. And whenever they did that, there were financial miracles that began to happen. People getting jobs. I'm talking $10,000 a year job right, raises. They were getting raises $15,000, $12,000 a year. What are you saying? I'm saying you can't outgive God. And I've come to challenge this church. Hey, man, you're on the brink of one of the greatest miracles this pastor and wife and this church has ever seen. And you need to turn to somebody next to you and tell them it's going to be us that he uses. Come on, is there anybody really that believes God could bless you? I know it's only February, but somebody could walk into work this week and they say, you know what? We want to give you a raise. We just want you to know how much we appreciate you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Touch somebody that's sitting down and said, he's talking to us. See, now I'm just, now I'm, on, now I'm feeling good. Tell somebody he's comfortable. Amen. I'm comfortable because I'm digging in now. Now, if I come off the platform, it's really going to be comfort. So, now we got about half the congregation, so I ain't never went on 50 50. Tell somebody, do you believe God could bless you with a financial miracle? I, I don't know if anybody answered. Look at somebody and answer them right now. Tell somebody, answer their question, I believe. Come on, tell somebody, I believe. Young people, do you believe your mom and dad could get touched, could get blessed? One, two, three. Got about ten people really believe it. I'm telling you, God, I feel an old prophecy on me. I'm telling you, God is moving from southern Indiana to northeast corner of Indiana and a couple of places in between. God's about to bless these churches because he wants to save Indiana. Come on, somebody. God wants a revival to break out like we have never seen. But what are we going to have to do? We're going to have to get up. Come on, lift your hands and give God some praise now. Come on, give him some praise. Give him some praise. Hallelujah. You can be seated. What are you saying, Brother Godwin? I'm saying God is behind you. 
and your enemy is in big trouble. What does it mean God's behind me? That means God's got your back. He said, I will not let you outgive me. You can't outgive God. Amen. We had a little Coke spill, so they're going to clean it up. Amen. I anticipate an altar service. Didn't want someone to fall out in the spirit of Coca-Cola. Hallelujah. Amen. That's a good usher right there. Parks cars and white floors. Hallelujah. So notice the text. The Bible said, first of all, it was noised abroad. The first element of revival is the church has got to get noisy. I'm not talking about just praise in the church. That's an obvious, obvious point. But there's got to be something that happens to us where we start talking about Jesus outside of these walls. I'm talking about outside of these walls. I said, I'm talking about outside of these walls. I've driven up and down the streets for three or four times in the last day and a half. And I'm telling you, there are people in houses that are looking for somebody. It hit me today coming. When's the last time you've knocked every door in this city? You ain't got but a handful of houses. You can do it in about probably two months. You can knock every door in this city. Every door in this city. Why would you do that? Because you got something to offer them. Now, I'm just going to challenge you. I'm talking about revival broke out of Modesto. They were handing out 7,000 tracks a week. By Easter Sunday, they had handed out Close to 200,000. And the week of Easter Sunday, they handed out 40,000. We, we can hover in our churches and pray about our holiness. And we go to church three times a week. But if you don't tell somebody about it. Come on, tell somebody. We got to tell somebody about this. There are people that don't even know you're here. Got a new building, got a big sign, big video on it. That's wonderful. But there's people that drive past here and never notice. There's even a church here. Now, why am I saying that? Because I've witnessed to enough people that I know. I'm talking about people who have been in town. Well, we got a church. Where's it at? Well, it's right over here. Where? And they tell me. And I drive by every day. Never have noticed it's church. Why? Because they're so deep in sin. Their mind is so bound with their habits and bound with their problems. They're not even thinking about church. They're not. Do you know there's people... In this city that's never been to church ever. Not for a wedding, not for a funeral. They've never been in a church. I'm off my nose, but I'm preaching to you. What are they waiting on? They're waiting on the praise. It's in. You got a great worship. I mean, this is fantastic. You got absolutely fantastic worship. And I was expecting the church to be half filled because so many people are sick. But we ain't got but a handful of seats open because there's something in here. This church is almost full. So I'm going to tell you, you're going to need to get ready to put some more chairs out. Come on, tell somebody we have to get some more chairs out. And I don't know what your plans are. Uh, I think you're going to build a building out here. Somebody needs to get ready to make some plans. Why? Because there's people in this city that don't even know you're here. But you got to tell them. What are we going to tell them? You can get up now. I got a habit, but you can get up now. I got a drug problem. You can get up now. I got an alcohol problem. You can get up now. I got a pornography problem. You can get up now. Come on, lift your hands and give God some praise. Come on, somebody praise him. 
You can be seated. Whatever situation you're in this morning, it should feel the effects of our presence. You're in the usher staff, they should know you ain't just man in a position. There ought to be something in you called the power of God moving. If you're in the choir, the praise seemed fantastic. You couldn't look at this choir, heard this choir sing and think they're just singing. No, they wasn't just singing. They were worshiping God. Sunday school staff teaching kids, fantastic ministry team. It should all feel the effects of you being there with the immutable God inside of you. His presence is in us to provoke change. To provoke a change. It doesn't matter how bad you blew it, how terrible you've messed up. As long as you can say Jesus, there's hope. There's hope, sir. as you can say Jesus Jesus God will respond to that cry touch somebody and say just say Jesus come on I can feel the Holy Ghost I can see it slipping down on people right now if you can say Jesus he can reverse the situation you're in This man was sick with palsy. What's palsy? It's when a man's system is broken down. They're unable to command movement in or to the body. The brain is working. It's firing signals. But the body does not receive it. It is to be dissolved, closed down, dismissed, to be melted, liquefied, and loose. The pleasure, the sense of pleasure is exhausted. The person is numb, paralytic, unable to change. Every day looks like another day. When palsy struck completely, they were oftentimes frozen in that position. Touch somebody and say, are you frozen? Come on, tell somebody else, are you frozen? Ask somebody, are you stuck? This man was stuck in a place. He was submitted to a circumstance. Frozen in a moment. Want to change, but you can't. Want to move, but you can't. Can't move your family. Can't move your finances. Can't move into the future. Reliving what you should live past. Reliving what you should live past. But this man was stuck outside the church. Church was packed house. They couldn't get another person in the building. They were in the doorways and the windows. There were people outside the building, outside the doors, in the lobby, looking through the window. This man's laying outside the building, outside the crowd. And he's frozen. He cannot move. Stuck in a position. 
cemented to the circumstance of paralysis. I don't know if he whistled, whispered, I don't know what he did. But there were four friends that were there. And they said, you know what, I feel something out here. My God, I got goosebumps running up down my arms. I think we can, you know what, we need to get our friends in here. And each one grabbed a corner. Boy, if I had time, I'd preach about everybody grabbing a corner. Revival's not going to happen just because you keep coming to church and spiritually twiddling your thumbs or because you got a good preacher with fancy notes or a great pastor with all the intellectual and, and, and hey, we got that everywhere. When does revival break through? I'm talking about an ongoing flow of guests that have never been to church, sinners that are stuck and cemented, frozen to a moment in their past. Preaching in one place, a young lady came, got the altar. She was about 31, 32, single. She came to the altar, got the Holy Ghost. It was powerful, man. She just, hands thrown up in the air, tears running, talking in tongues. They got done. They was talking to her. She wanted to talk to the pastor and I. We went over there and she told us, just sitting there. She said, I want to tell you what God just delivered me from. She's about 30, 31 years old. She said, 15 years ago, had made her about 15, 16. She said, I was a young girl in high school. Just getting going. Long story short. A couple of the friends at school that weren't friends, they began to have their way with her, took advantage of her, raped her. Over over again. I don't understand how that happens. How can a, a woman just keep getting raped and abused? I mean, they, they just, but they say they get locked in. They don't see any way out. The woman said the last 10 years, she said, I hadn't been with any man, hadn't been, hadn't been with anybody. She said, but I keep reliving those different times where I was molested, raped. She said, I just, I'm 30, 31 years old. She said, I just keep reliving them. I go to sleep at night, I see them. I'm stuck in my past. Tears begin to run down her face again. She said, but today, she said, I feel something tonight. She said, I've never felt before. He was talking about God and He'll give you the Spirit and He can remove your past. She said, now how do we do that? I said, you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. She said, I'm going to do that right now. Took her. And most people had left, but she didn't care. She said, I want to do it. Where do I go? And they said, right up there. Baptistry was up behind the pulpit. She went and put on a choir robe, a little baptismal robe. They put her in that tank and baptized her. She came up out of the water, her hands shot up again. She went to talking in tongues again. You say, What is that, Brother God? And that's someone that was stuck in their past. Get over it, locking the windows down, the houses down. As I was driving through town, that's what hit me today. Man, these houses, all the windows are closed. And hardly any of them. Windows open, curtains pulled, all the curtains are pulled tight. My 
God, what's going on? And it hit me. They're stuck. They're stuck. They're frozen in a moment of their past. But this man had four friends. I see them walk up. They, they, they're carrying evidence that someone needs a miracle. And they walk up to some Russies and Pentecostals. Hey, hey, can you let me in? No, you can't get in. I was here. I've been here all day long. It's best I could do to get here. I mean, you can't get in here. Well, we, this man can't move, and we're feeling the power of God out here. Could we get in there? So, no, you can't. Not in here, you can't. And they go from door to door, from entryway to entryway, and got the same answer. From religious people that this text says every one of them were sick. They had a need, but there was no pull from them to God for him to even recognize. And he's teaching and he's teaching. Finally, outside, them guys said, You know what? There, we can get up on the roof. What do you mean we can get on the roof? He said, we can get on the roof. We'll tear a hole in the roof. And we'll drop him right in. I see him get up on the roof. They crawl around. They notice where the building is. And they get right up in here. And they got their head down. They're listening. All right, this sounds about the right spot. And all of a sudden, debris starts falling. Well, then ushers, boy. People that never say amen don't worship anything. Jerking and twitching. You're getting the point, ain't you? Hallelujah. Down the aisle. What is it? See, something's up on the roof. My God, it's dropping down on Jesus, disturbing our peaceful little meeting. We're here to hear a sermon. I've had him tell me, don't say amen. We're trying to listen. Listen with your mouth open. And they just keep, and they, they get to checking around. Somebody must be up on the roof. It must be a wild animal. My God. They're trying to get, they can't get up on the roof. I, I just see the men, they just blocked up the pathway to get up there. Find a little beam of light pokes through. I see Jesus. What are y'all doing? Little, little voice says, Sorry to bother you. What's going on up there? Well, me and my three buddies, we got a friend. Oh, really? What, what, what do you mean you got a friend? Well, he's got palsy. Palsy? Yes, sir. He can't move. Really? I see Jesus kind of extend the story. What do you mean he can't move? Can't move his hands. Can't move his arms. He's stuck. Oh, Really? See Jesus making a face at him. Mm-hmm. I went to ABI up in St. Paul. We do drama, so every now and then I just flash back. Amen. Flash back to the drama days. I see Jesus go, mm-hmm. Y'all all sick suckers, but you don't want nothing. Well, well how big is he? Well, he's about five foot eight, and he kind of curled up, so he's about Four foot ten, four foot eleven. The cot's about, oh, I'd say six foot. Six foot, all right. You got about 12 inches here. We got a little work to do, boy. You're going to have to tear that roof out down here. And I can see board members. 
Man, they start getting up, blowing, spitting. My God, can you believe that? A couple of, couple of men, you know. Boy, I'm feeling on right now. A couple of men over here in the corner, you know, they're the big, they're the big tithe payers. You know, sometimes they pay. Well, I tell you what, we're going to have to do something with preaching, man. I got this man, you got, he's okay in that. We can't do it. Come on, we got, give me a high five. We got to do something about that. All upset because somebody with a need. I have seen, I have seen churches break into revival, start bringing guests, and the guests be in the church and come sit right down where you sit. Maybe your cushion's there and they see it. And they'll, they'll, they'll just move it there and they'll sit there. Now I can pick on her because she's leaned up forward. She's all happy. Some of y'all I couldn't pick on, but anyway, I can pick on her. And, 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 and she come in to see her seat. And it ain't but two foot. Now why didn't the guess? I don't know why the guess did it. don't matter. Set your, I just want to say set your tail down back there and hush him out. Now that's why I'm not pastor Hallelujah Pastor just Puts up all that stupidity From saved people I mean just tell somebody say We can be plumb stupid sometimes Tell, tell your wife We can be stupid sometimes Come on that's right <laughs> We can just be ignorant I got two good uh-huhs And I get I don't know who he's talking to Oh Pastor Bobby Since you're sitting here, we'll move your little brace back there. I mean, can you see in there? I mean, he was there to heal all of them. But in this story, not anybody in the building is going to be healed of what Jesus said they were sick of. I got the Holy Ghost, but you're sick. I've been baptized in Jesus' name, but you're sick. Well, I'm saved, and I'm in a hellacious situation. I'm just going to have to learn to suffer with Jesus. It's just the way it is. Accept it like it is. It's just, you know, you're saved. At least you're saved. At least you got the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Have to accept the trouble and accept the pain. So Jesus was there to heal all them. Down through the roof comes the only one. I see Jesus, I mean, debris is falling, tearing up. Tell somebody who said, We got to tear this church up. think you're going to have to do it physically but you may have to do it spiritually You may. I got a few nervous head nods and he knows me from way back look at somebody and say I know what he's talking about amen we're going to have to tear up the way we have church tell somebody we're going to have to start having church I'm talking about next level church I'm talking about where you, you come in and create the atmosphere 
the firmament. Jesus was there to heal everybody. But nobody, nobody, nobody. And Jesus is just out there cheering them on. Come on, brother. I think we just, I think we just needed about another foot back to your left right there, brother. That's it and stuff. And I see you other stuff just falling on him. The debris of the miraculous. Finally gets it up and said, all right, boys, lay, hold him up there by the four corners. Let's see if it's big enough. Yeah, look, how's it look to y'all? Looks good to us. All right, let's let him down. They got some ropes. They start. Tell somebody, have you got time for a miracle? They start letting him down through there. I see people starting to step up, looking, standing. Lowers him down. He said, about 10 more feet, fellas, come on. Get him down there about eye high. He said, hold it right there. He looks at man eye to eye. How you doing? Well, I'm stuck. I can't get up. I can't move. How old are you? 38. Been this way all your life. Yes, sir. You want to get up? I'd like that. Let him on down, fellas. Ease him on down. Jesus steps back and says, you can get up now. And now he gets a response from these deadheads in the church. What do you mean? Thy sins be forgiven thee. Who do you think you are? I can see. I'm having, I've been traveling 31 years, been preaching 38, and I got faces pop up in my head right now from churches. I got faces of people. Look at somebody say, if you're going to be on his recorder, tell somebody, if you're going to be on his recorder, you want it to be good. Because I might break out the story. I was at a church the other day between the North and the South Pole, and there was this old hard head. I'm telling you what. Now, there ain't nobody like that in here, but anyway, that's the way it works. Finally, he's in his spirit. He knew these people, they don't think I can forgive sins. See, Jesus went to the root of the problem and said, Thy sins be forgiven thee. But now, watch. There's not a flinch, there's not a finger moves, not a joint pop, nothing happens. Why? I'm going to make a point I've never made. It hit me while I was preaching this today. The reason no miracles happened at Jesus saying thy sins be forgiven thee is because the congregation he was in was releasing unbelief. Tell somebody, ask somebody, what are you releasing? Unbelief or faith? The atmosphere, the firmament, the firmament of God's power that we have to get in every service. You, who, who knows who got the Holy Ghost first on the day of Pentecost? Let me tell you. I got two yeses and nothing from back here. Amen. You can preach this. You can preach this. You know what got the Holy Ghost first? The house. 
Wonk, wonk, wonk. If I had a piano now, if I had a hooping organ, wonk, wonk. Wonk, wonk. The house got to go. The house has to get the Holy Ghost first before anybody in the house can get the Holy Ghost in them. Tell somebody, I feel him coming in here. Tell somebody, I feel him coming in here. Jesus looks back and he says to that whole congregation, but that you might believe. He looks down at that crippled man and says, rise, take up thy bed and walk. I don't know how long it took for bones that had never bent, joints that had never moved. I don't know how long it took. I know you think it was just supernatural, just... We're talking about bones that's never held any weight. We're talking about muscles that have never been used. Immediately, his feet and ankle bones receive strength, dynamic power. And the man stood up and began to praise God. I come to tell somebody, you may have come in here down in your spirit, down in your future, down in your faith. Just down. You just down. We've come to tell you you can get up now. You can get up now. I purposely slowed down. Come on, there's there's tears running all over in every section. There's people weeping and crying right now. Some are guests, some are saints from the church. It don't matter. Touch somebody and say, You can get up now. You can get up now. Stand with me. I don't know all the sounds and the movement that went on. But I know that man got up. And when he got up, he reached down and he started rolling up that cot. Threw it over his shoulder. And carried it out of the church. What carried him in, he carried it out. It's a sign. doesn't matter what's carried you in here. We're glad you're here. But we want you to know the word of the Lord is you can get up now. Would you reach over and grab your neighbor by the hand? I got some singers that'll come. You can get up now. Amen. Grab somebody by the hand. Lift it to the air. Would you begin to pray with them right now in the name of Jesus? God, we pray for our guest. We pray for every saint in this church. We pray for a miracle touch to come in the name of Jesus. They can't move, can't walk, can't crawl. But I'm going to tear off whatever's holding me down. I'm not going to be intimidated another day. I'm not going to be intimidated another moment. I'm going to lay my drugs down. I'm going to lay the alcohol down. I'm not going to have to drink more at night just so I can pass out and go to sleep. No, no, you're not going to need that anymore. God's going to give you peace peace that passes all understanding come on somebody in the name of Jesus as they begin to sing I'm going to open these altars up to this church I'm asking everybody to come whoever's hand you got bring them with you bring somebody down to this altar come on all the way from the back to the front come in here as close as you can come with your hands raised come on come on come with your hands raised God we want that revival 
We want the next level of revival. God, I want the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come all the way down the aisles. Come all the way down. That's it. Come on. Lift your hands in the building. Begin to pray with somebody around you. In the name of Jesus, touch them, Lord. Oh, in the name of Jesus. That's it. Come on. Come on. Somebody praise it. Come on. That's it. Pray with somebody around you. That's it. Pray with somebody. In the name of Jesus. We love you, Lord. Come on, that's it. Pray with somebody down the aisles. Come on, chains are broken right now. Every habit is broken in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus, touch Jesus. That's it. Come on, praise Him. Praise Him, Lord. Praise Him, Lord. In the name of Jesus, touch in the name of Jesus. Name. I need you, Lord. Come on, I need you, Lord. 